The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from hormonal symptoms like panic, fatigue, weight gain? Have you ever had midlife symptoms, perimenopausal or menstrual symptoms like tension, insomnia, skin changes, or even concerns about osteoporosis, libido, impotence? If you've ever had concerns about hormones, hormone replacement, today's your day because we're going to discuss hormone replacement. Should I take it and for how long? In today's world, it's very common for people to be concerned about symptoms, whether it's during the second half of their cycle, if you're women, after pregnancy, during the 10 years around menopause or men during prostate difficulties or problems with libido. Should you take the hormones and for how long? What happens if somebody in your family or even you have a breast cancer scare and men do too these days, have a prostate scare, have a problem with a pap smear, or have to have a endometriobiopsy. Should you, could you still take the hormones? And what are your options? What happens if you have a low bone density? Should you continue taking them? Today's show is gonna change your life because it's gonna answer that question. Are hormone replacements your only solution? And if you're comfortable with them, how long should you take them? Do you have to get off of them? You're going to think because your body, your brain, you, you rent it. It was issued to you at birth and you're responsible for it. You make decisions. Physicians, practitioners are your consultants. You gather the information and you get to think, 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 and make the decisions. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555, within the U.S. and Canada. 
And remember, UnityOnlineRadio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And remember, you can get the this show on your favorite podcast provider as well. You can, or you can join the live show on Wednesdays or listen to it again at that podcast. So there are a lot of symptoms that you can get that you can say, oh, those are my hormones. Your hair can get thin, you can get sleepy, or you can't fall asleep and stay asleep. You might start to get symptoms of your heart racing, skipping, or panic, depression, or emotionality, tension. You might get replays of remembering trauma from the past. Your memory might be altered as well, and that you can't remember anything. Your brain is fried. You can't remember where your keys are. You end up feeding the cats your tuna fish, and you end up, by accident, dipping into the cat food. You find yourself eating more and more dark chocolate and drinking more wine at night. So addiction, you don't even know it's addiction. You just know that if someone stands in the way of that Godiva block, they better watch it. And libido, libido changes. You either get more sexual or you could care less. Your date could be that Godiva chocolate bar. And then your skin changes. You might notice that you get, if you get a certain kind of mirror, your pores in your face could look like you, they could be a second swimming pool. There's something about the collagen that changes in your face. And then, of course, there are the bones. They change as well. Is all of this a disease process? Is all of this a disease process? Open up a, open up a, a People magazine. Look at the people. Do you want to get that? Do you want to look like that? I look at myself on Facebook Live. And I see that I have some frown marks on the top of my face. Well, I've had a lot of back problems. I've had a lot of issues. So have you. And you tend to have this brace yourself look on your face. Kind of like when you're on a roller coaster and you're supposed to, you're about to dip down. You don't have the relaxed look of Restylane or Botox when you're on the ups and downs of a roller coaster, whether it's life itself or Universal Studios or Disney World. You get those looks from going through the ups and downs of life. They say that if your face doesn't move, you have an increased risk for depression, and depression is an increased risk for dementia. So do you really want your face to be frozen in place by Restylane and Botox? Think about what that does to your mood. There's a way of regulating your mood called the half smile. You literally move half of your face, half of your face, you move it in the form of a smile. And that somehow moves you emotionally inside to feel smiling, happy, and elevate your mood. So I have a slide, which is now PowerPoint. I use slide because that dates me. 
of a woman with Restylane or Botox who said, I'm so feeling for you, and you can't even tell she's feeling. There's also a neurology disease called Parkinson's disease where you have something called masked facies. So as I get older, and I haven't had any, quote, work done, at least on my face, I've had it on my spine, I think it's fascinating that many of my friends and colleagues have. And I don't know about that. I just don't know about that. We shall tell what it does to a generation of people now, won't we? The studies have not been done for the risk of Parkinson's dementia, memory loss, and mood as we age with a whole generation of people who are concerned about making themselves look young. What does that have to do with hormone replacement? Imagine if you're a grade school teacher teaching kids in the sixth grade, and that's when kids, boys and girls, go through puberty. Their hormones change. Imagine if you had kids come up to you and say, I don't want them to change. Give me a medicine so they don't change. You would say, well, that's natural. You have to. You have to have your hormones change. And they say, I don't want to. I don't want to grow older. Well, the same thing with menopause and testopause. It's one thing if, it's one thing if your bones are brittle and so on. There are a variety of ways of addressing it. But I don't like the word anti-aging. We're supposed to grow and develop. Just like you would tell a child, puberty is natural. To arrest natural development is, well, an emergency. You would take your child into a pediatrician and say, my child's not walking or talking on time, and you would get very anxious. Those, those Denver developmental scales, staying on the developmental scale, needs to be extended to our 60s and 70s. We grow and develop. We don't look like we're walking and talking, but we're walking and talking to a form of maturity. We need to understand the difference between healthy aging and pathological aging. There's ways of making your skin plump, but not like your 20s. Look in a People magazine. You're not supposed to look like a 20-year-old because 20-year-olds haven't lived through what you have. They don't know what you are. Your face has memory. There's ways of not getting all of those wrinkles. But short of freezing your face, in a way it freezes your brain. There's ways of doing a lot of things. Think in terms of how long you want to do hormone replacement. When you have surgery, when you've injured a leg, and it needs to be revised, a leg, an ankle, or something. You get a crutch to lean on or a brace. Think of hormone replacement as a brace during a developmental time. 
when your brain is knitting together during the ups and downs. Ups and downs, choppy hormones in Chinese medicine is liver, stuck liver chi, because liver meridian smooths the hormones. Like a wave going up and down or white caps in the ocean. You're not really treating hormone deficiency, you're treating hormonal changes. And by giving a certain amount of hormones, you're making them static. And of course, we're not static human beings. Hormones are a chain, a pipeline. Giving a person a series of hormones, don't keep them static. Fat gets converted to pregnenolone, gets converted to DHEA, gets converted to progesterone, gets converted to estrogen, cortisol, and testosterone. And the amount of hormones you take that your doctor gives you will vary from day to day, depending on if you're upset, in a crisis, happy, in love, in joy, in spiritual ecstasy, and so on. It changes. You can't really balance your hormones. They change from one moment to the next. I want you to consider that. No one balances your hormones. Your liver enzymes and your brain does. That's why people say, help, I can't balance my hormones. And when you try to repeat the phrase, how do you solve a problem like Maria, which should be, how do you solve a problem like menopause? One of the lines is, how do you catch a wave upon the sand? The answer is, you can't. It's life. It's a changing event. And ultimately, we learn to live with the wave. Sometimes we need support, and sometimes we learn to, to go up and down with the wave. There are a variety of ways of handling the ups and downs of hormonal changes, and hormone replacement is just one. The idea is to figure out if you need it, if you as an individual need it, yes or no, and if yes, for how long. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about hormone replacement. Should you take it and for how long? If you want to know more of the solutions to today's show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. I want to add other things like my mobile cat unit, uh, mobile cat unit number three, and so on. Because these social uh, contact things keep going on and on and on. It's unbelievable. It's exhausting. If you can't get on the line today and you want a personal reading, Go to my website. There are one and two hour private readings, www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com. We will go, let me see if I can do this, to line two, Gina, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, Mona Lisa. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm rather young, but um, I think I might be having some hormonal issues. I went and got my thyroid blood test done and everything. Everything came back. I went to a holistic doctor, and she said it came back in the optimal levels, that nothing looked bad. But okay, first of all, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. I love you. I love you, Gina. Blood levels, first question, first answer, okay? Blood saliva and urine are only one way of testing hormone levels. Did you know that? 
Yeah, I knew they weren't very accurate. I did know that. Okay, first, it's not that they're not accurate. They pick up hormones in those areas. Do you ever see the movie Erin Brockovich? Yes. Okay, so you see that she's testing hexachromium, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you see her running across a field and going down into some well. Remember that with, for a little while? So she's testing yeah. the well water for hexavalent chromium. I'm amazed I can remember that, but I can't remember someone's name. Don't ask me. We obviously know there's something <laughs> wrong in my head, but that gives me an ability to do medical intuition. Anyway, that water is like taking urine, saliva, or blood levels for estrogen. However, she's not testing the soil, the hexavalent chromium. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So just because there's something in the water, your blood, urine, saliva, there may be nothing there. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there isn't something in the soil or your tissue. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Yes, I so do. So my, my point that. is there are a lot of people who are menopausal. Obviously, you're not. You're 33 and you haven't, you're not indicating you are. But there are some women who are 50, 60, and 70, who say, I have no hormones. It's just not true. It's just that they're not picking them up in their blood, saliva, and urine. If they're 40 or 50 or 60 pounds overweight, they have excessive amounts of fat. Even if they've had a hysterectomy, their adrenal glands, they have an increased risk for breast cancer and colon cancer because they have high estrogen levels in their tissue. You literally have to do a biopsy. Why are they have an increased risk for breast cancer and endometrial cancer, estrogen-related cancers, if those blood tests that you have are negative for estrogen? Because their fat is storage for estrogen. Do you understand? In that case, that's why Julia Roberts tested the soil for hexagram hexavalent chromium just like the water you have to look Mm -hmm. at your tissue your body and how it's responding and so Mm -hmm. what you see is do you get heavy periods do you get lumpiness in your breasts do you have excessive fat when i look at your body all insomnia doth not a hormone problem make when i look at you i see a relationship and medical intuition that second chakra And our hormones, which is watery, mood, make us more sensitive, ups and downs, make us more sensitive to partnerships. I see someone who's exhausted, very, very exhausted. The boundary between you and a loved one is worn thin. You pick up this person, it goes to your adrenal gland, it converts body fat too readily from progesterone to estrogen. So you don't have enough as much progesterone, which helps us fall asleep. Are you following me? Yeah. And then as a result, it messes up your mechanism. So not only would you have problems with falling asleep, but some people with excess estrogen, like taking the pill, are depressed. Then you would Mm -hmm. have perhaps problems staying asleep. This person is tired, exhausted, and possibly depressed. You've been with someone in the past who was tired, exhausted, and depressed, and they lost interest in you either because they were interested in somebody else or the relationship cooled or something else. Now it feels like you're with someone who's exhausted, distracted, and whatever, and you're worried that that 
past problem in a relationship could be visited again. Who do you yeah. live with? Who do you live with, Gina? I live with my mother, and that is right on. She's had depression for most of her life and just hard to do anything, and she's just always exhausted. But then sometimes she'll have bursts where she gets a lot done, and but it's, yeah. I think it's how long have me. you lived? How long have you lived with your mother? Um, well, my entire life. <laughs> but it actually, what happened was I took over the house because she couldn't handle it anymore, and then now she lives with me. So that was um, that actually happened when my grandma had a stroke, which is around the same time that I started having panic attacks. It was eight years ago, and that's when I got my panic disorder. And then now it's manifested into insomnia, and I get all the same stuff you said, like heart skipping, heart racing, panic, insomnia, all those. Where's your father? Um, they divorced when I was 18. And he moved out of the home, and then she took over the home trying to make ends meet. But then when my grandma had a stroke, she obviously couldn't, and that's when I said I would take over the home, and now I pay all the bills. And, so yeah. you have become her husband? Yeah, <laughs> and her which mother. Means, which <laughs> means you can't – no, no. You have become her husband, which means you can't get one, Yeah. a wife or a husband. Do you understand? Yeah. At yeah. 18, when you're supposed to fly the coop – You've become married to your mother who has problems with distance and is aloof. And it used to be a threesome, your mother, you, and your grandmother. Yeah. And obviously, it was you, your mother, and your father, and there were some problems. Your mm -hmm. problem is you've become developmentally arrested. Mm -hmm. Your panic is because you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. It's like you're in an elevator and you feel cramped. Yeah. You know you you know you need to get out of it quickly. But you know you need to stay on the elevator to go where you need to go. Mm -hmm. You're afraid to go out of the house like leaving a nest it's terrifying for you but staying where you are is obviously terrifying as well yeah so you're in the elevator mm -hmm. you're both afraid yeah. of heights and afraid of closed spaces but you can't stay where you are I look at your head. Yeah. I see problems with focus, attention, sustained attention, distractibility. I see that it affects you in work environments. I wonder if you have problems with performance, either taking tests, working on a task at a certain amount of time. I wonder if you have detailed, too detailed, you get stuck in the weeds. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I look at your heart. I wonder if you manage your mood through carbohydrates or some other kind of food. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I wonder if people in your family tend to have problems with fats, oils, cholesterol, and triglycerides. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, red ovary, and cervix if you still have them. Over time, you're going to get symptoms of excess estrogen, 
cysts in your pelvis, you have an increased risk for getting these problems. Cysts, widening of your uterine wall, cysts in your pelvis, and the thinning of your hair. I wonder if your skin is sensitive to certain hormones. I see fatigue, dragginess. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Sorry, I missed that question. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Oh, um, it's the insomnia right now. It's I can't even sleep, especially recently. I thought it was because I had a new roommate move in about a year ago, um, but then she since moved out, and then now it's like I can't even sleep till like 5 a.m. I thought you said night. you live with your mother. Well, my mom, she did live with us a little bit, but um, she also lived with my sister about a year ago to help with the four-year-old. So sometimes she would spend the night here, sometimes she would spend the night there. Now she fully lives here. I don't have any roommates. So really, how did your mother and the roommate get along? Really well. Everyone loves my mother because she, like, helps them with all their problems and she'll listen to them. And she tends to take on, like, everyone's issues. So all my roommates have liked her, but she wasn't living here full time because I had two roommates. She would just I want you to get a counselor to help you with, you know how kids get nervous when they go to school and have to live, leave their parents' home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to bring your mother to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. And though everybody loves her, she still can't go to school. Mm-hmm. She needs to go on with her life so she can get another man. And you need to go on with your life so you can go on with your life. Yeah. Separation totally. for some people is anxiety provoking. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you brought a man or a woman home for an intimate relationship and your mother was there. Yeah, and she's told me she's leaving right away and she's already like in the works of moving Can out. I tell you can I tell you something? You get my point. No, I totally do. Yeah. That would definitely not be okay. No wonder <laughs> you're insomnia because you don't know what to do. You're sleeping on a bed mm-hmm. of nails. Get mm-hmm. that counselor. They'll teach you cognitive behavioral therapy for your insomnia. It's not hormonal. If you weren't living okay. with your mother, if you didn't have these roommates coming in and out, and the divorce issue with your mother and becoming a husband to your mother, I would say, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Common things are common. When you hear hoof beats, you don't think zebras, you think horses. Do you get it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked up cognitive behavioral therapy a couple nights ago when I was up. Um, so you don't see any nutrients that I'm lacking. That my Can I tell you? You need nutrient P. Do you know what nutrient P is? People. Good luck. People. There's my music. Okay, you know what that you. means. We're going to come back <laughs> and we're going to learn if you have the risk factors for hormonal changes and whether you should take or consider taking hormones. We're, you've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. 
Welcome back. We've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. Today's show has been dedicated to hormones. We're going to learn 10 basic facts, which you can write down. So grab your pencil and paper. These are things that will answer your basic questions and help you make decisions when you go to your practitioner and think about whether you should be on hormones and for how long. If you want to know more about the solutions, consider going to Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa, Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa, too. And if you can't get through the lines today and you want a private reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, and call 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. Where am I going to be next? Actually, the seven-day class for medical intuition training is on. It's going to be at the Harris Seeket Inn. You're like, how are you going to do it with a pandemic? Well, actually, the governor of Maine has opened it up. And if you get a coronavirus test, you can come in and you don't have to be quarantined. You just have to show that you've just got your coronavirus test and they'll let you in the hotel. The second thing is during the class, if you want to take the class, you have to wear a mask and be social distanced by six feet between people. If that's you, you want to take the class, teaches you how to use medical intuition to heal mind, body, and soul. You learn how to do a medical intuitive reading. Go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com. The class is still going and people are coming in. However, if this is not your year, you don't want to wear the mask, you don't want to deal with the coronavirus test, I understand. Just consider um, 2021, okay? We're going to go to Ashley, line four. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. I'm calling regarding, um, so I've had a history of hormones. I'm a, I am a BRCA1 carrier, um, and I lately have been getting a lot of bleeding for the last two months and a lot of ovarian cysts on and off in my history. And um, Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. So that actually changes things. Mm -hmm. Because the normal rules, I'm going to go very quickly. Mm -hmm. Number one, whether you should take hormone replacement and why. The first thing is, do you have a BRCA gene thing that runs in your family? If you do, well, I think you know the answer to that. Are you going to take hormone replacement? And the answer would be? No. Right. Because you have that history. Other people have to make that decision. Has your mother had cancer? Do you have the BRCA gene? Blah, blah, blah. Then that would be no. Number two, the more fat you have, your body converts it, either your adrenal gland or ovary or testes, to hormones. So therefore, 40 pounds or more equals a risk factor for cancer. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So therefore, even if your blood levels saliva or normally low and menopause, you would probably not want to take hormones. A lot of people say, but but somebody tested me for hormones and they're low or I have none. Look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Look in the mirror. If you have a BRCA gene, I know that it's not supposed, and then you can have triple negative kinds of things. They say that they're not hormone sensitive. That's the whole point. I still don't think it's great to have a lot of fat. Do you understand what I'm saying? For some reason, oh, for even the good fat? 
even like avocado, olive oil, that kind of stuff? Uh, no, I'm talking about body fat. Oh, body fat. Okay. 50 or 60 pounds overweight. Of course you need with fats, but I'm talking about body fat because it creates okay. an inflammatory state. That's not good because you don't want excess estrogen still, even if your tendency toward getting cancers are not related to hormones. Do you understand? Excess yeah. fat is never good for your immune system. Three, so, if you take, okay. hold on a second. If you take bioidentical progesterone, how many hormones are you taking? At least two. Because progesterone gets converted to estrogen, testosterone, and of course you have progesterone. So if you had a problem with breast cancer that was estrogen positive, you don't want to take progesterone because you're taking estrogen as well. That's the point. Okay. And so, and on and on and on. I used to think that testosterone was safe. It doesn't get converted to estrogen. People think that it gets converted to estrogen now, so you can't take that either. If you have insomnia, and panic. Progesterone is more likely to work because it hits the GABA receptor. It's like Xanax. If you have depression, a small amount of estrogen because it hits dopamine and serotonin. Progesterone helps you fall asleep. Estrogen helps you stay asleep. And so on and so on. Testosterone is associated with in fact, breast cancer in men and women because it can get converted theoretically to estrogen. Is it possible to balance hormones by adding all the different hormones and calling it a cocktail? No, because they can get converted to each other. So if you add a DHEA, pregnenolone, progesterone, you're taking actually four different types of estrogen. When I look at you, Missy, mm -hmm. um, I see you are how old again? 37? 37. We'll be 38 in October. You have somebody in your life who's, who's getting healthier, who actually could be helping you, but somehow you bond to the heavens more than you bond to people. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is. That could be related to your history. That could be related to the fact that you're very spiritual and like a monk art type. But that doesn't necessarily help you as much. In addition, I see that whenever you have a tendency toward a life-threatening illness, you get upgraded from coach class to first class. It ends up being seventh center. It has to do with purpose in life. Why am I here? And in fact, I saw that what you do for a living, Ashley, even though you think it uses gifts and talents, there's some ability that you're not using. And though it challenged you in the past, it's not as much now. What do you do for a living, Ashley? I actually haven't done anything in six years of recovering from three concussions. So not working. But I am okay. very spiritual of my Reiki master, all that. Okay, so having concussions makes you less focused and attentive on earth, you have problems with focus and attention, yeah. but makes you more spacey and actually yeah. more attached to the divine. But yeah. actually, and from a trauma childhood too, right? So that makes you escape naturally. When you... But ironically, right, dissociate. But ironically, to maintain your memory and a toehold on the ground to heal from your trauma, 
you actually actually have to practice your cognitive skills in a grounded fashion to balance out your spiritual practice. You actually have to do very grounded education. Otherwise, multiple concussions increases your chance toward cognitive problems, loss of memory. You know that, right? Yeah, I thought that was temporary. No, 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 no. You know traumatic traumatic encephalopathy, multiple concussions from football players, hockey players? Yes, yes. So multiple concussions increases your chance for dementia. So if anything, Missy, you got to be like me every Thursday. You got to go to the lady in the end of the hallway with the the small chairs. I just got my eval back. I went from reading at a sixth grade level to now a ninth grade level. Let's break out the champagne. <laughs> it's humiliating. Do you understand? Yeah. You've got to do yeah. that. So I look at your head. I see problems with focused attention, sustained attention, distractibility, and the people around you, actually, you could have contact with, but you're walled off and removed because of your brain. I look at your neck and your trauma. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I see increased susceptibility of making antibodies against your thyroid gland. I see an increased susceptibility of isolation making you want to insulate yourself from others. I can't figure out if you have a body image problem or literally, energetically, you have a wall of insulation around you. It just feels like there's a wall figuratively around you that insulates you from people who could be loving and caring. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast, esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I see capacity for abdominal distension, bloating. That's not just a problem with bowel motility. I wonder if you inappropriately convert food to body fat because you have problems with fatigue, initiation, motivation, and problems with inertia. A kind of apathy. Not that you don't want to move, it's that you have problems with initiation. Initiative. The battery doesn't work. The wires are a little loose. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I see something different with your left hip and lower back. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, well, my health concerns were the ovarian cysts and the uh, I do have extra excess fat on my stomach, which I figure from cortisol and the hormonal fluctuations uh, that I'm trying to lose. And everywhere else, it'll it'll go down, but not my belly no, fat. No, 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 so no, I, no. You, you, you're calling it cortisol. It doesn't help because it doesn't give you a solution. Mm-hmm. Is it true that when you get up, it feels like you haven't rested? Yes. Is it true that during the day, your brain feels like you're swimming in chocolate pudding? Yeah, that's a great definition. I know, because I've felt it before, because I have been run, yeah. run over by a truck. And then when I got run over by the car, people I called people and told them, and they said, isn't it amazing? They say, 
no, you got run over by the truck years ago. I went, I know this is a different vehicle. Anyway, I know. I'm so, all over the place. I, I know. So I definitely know about the whole uh, uh, chocolate pudding thing. It's not vanilla. It's definitely chocolate. And it's not tapioca. So <laughs> you have to work with something, a speech and language pathologist called fast forward. They can speed up the cognitive processing because what happens is that makes you have a lethargy. You have slow cognitive processing. You're, the wheels in your head go small. The wheels, in go, the wheels on the train go round and round. The wheels in your head go slow and slow. <laughs> and that <laughs> yes. makes you go slow and slow. And then your metabolism goes slow because your battery in your brain an area for an anterior cingulate goes slow. And therefore, your metabolism is slow-mo, and you gain weight. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? And then you have this sleepiness that has to do with, I talked about it last week, that actually makes you have less energy during the day and affects your metabolism. So you have to go to a sleep specialist and make sure you don't have sleep apnea and you don't have mi micro awakenings. Do you get it? Because there's something yeah. wrong with your metabolism. It's really the body fat that's messing up your hormones, uh, that's messing up your period and your cysts. So you could chase the cysts till the cows come home. It's like throwing a, a, a little uh, tennis ball to the dog you're chasing tennis balls, cysts. Mm -hmm. It's really about the fat. Fat makes hormones. Fat makes cortisol. Fat makes cysts. It's because your brain is different. People who have multiple small brains and people who have actually a trauma tend to be heavy. Okay. Because it, sometimes the injury in your brain changes your brain, it changes your hormones, especially if it affects your hypothalamus pituitary, and limbic system. Do you get it? Yes, yes. So you have to learn, speeds up your processing, and it will help you start to feel peppy. I also have done DBT. I've taken it and I've taught it. It helps regulate my mood. There's a something called an adult pleasant activity scale that gets you moving right away, right away, right away, whether you like it or not. Not moving. You have to think of it in terms of death. Not good death, not spiritual death, but death to hormones. It will help speed you up. But I completely understand the chocolate pudding thing. Do you get it? Yeah, this is not I... a healthy thing. This is stagnation. In Chinese medicine, they call it stagnated chi. Yeah. It feels like your midsection is filled with water. And when water stagnates, it, it gets like it doesn't, it doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. Good luck. You mm -hmm. take it easy. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank We're going to try to get as many much. people to say, no, not a problem. Yeah. We Thanks. will go to, I'm trying to get these so I don't hang up on anybody. It's never good when you hang up. We will go to line six. Aileen, how can I be of help? Is Aileen there on line six? Aileen, line six. I'm here. Thank you. How can I be of help? So you can hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, okay. So I have um, 
I feel like I'm very similar constitutionally to the previous caller. So I was taking a lot of notes, but in a nutshell, I feel like my, I just have low, no life force right now. First of I all, they are very 30. interesting. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You're very interesting. Oh, thank you. You're uh, no, it, um, <laughs> you're different. You're the same, but different. Okay. You are one of those sensitive plants. I remember when I had piano lessons by this lady, she had an upright. I couldn't stand her piano, but she had this sensitive plant in her waiting room. You touched it and all the leaves curled under. It didn't mm -hmm. like being touched. And you're a sensitive plant. When you feel in the energy, I think Star Trek had a character like that. When you feel someone's emotions, you internalize it. Mm -hmm. It goes to your adrenal gland. Your adrenal gland converts it via progesterone to cortisol and it affects your weight. And then when you feel other people's emotions, you get anxious and your adrenal gland produces epinephrine and you shake and that makes you exhausted. So you get exhausted and you gain weight, which means you're too exhausted to move. Exactly. And, and it's different than the last lady only because this is, you were born part of that way, but then um, there was some stuff with a nurturing figure in your life or a non-nurturing figure that made it worse. I've had no nurturing figures. I know. That's what I'm trying to say, our non-nurturing figure. I was trying to be non-judgmental. That that person wasn't accepting of you and that you weren't. I used to have a relative that when someone didn't get up, I'm trying to not be pejorative on the radio, they'd say, get up. And mm -hmm. she would sit in the bed but not get up right away because she wasn't a quick riser. So she would lie in bed and go, I am, which theoretically meant she was preparing to get up. Now, being a neuroanatomist, I mean, I know what preparation means. It means that there's this P450 thing that happens in your brain, not 450, but this initiation thing that's taken a long, slow rise, but you don't see any movement yet. Do you understand? So um, an argument ensues. So the person, the adult figure goes, get up. And the child goes, I am, but there's no movement in the bed. <laughs> so this argument ensues. And, but when I wake up, I just get up like a shot out of a rocket. It's different. Your body is not a shot out of a rocket. There's a preparation thing. You know what I mean? Like warming up a kettle of water. You do the simmering. There's the preparation. And as a result, you were judged by this non-nurturing figure. Do you understand? Yes. When the, the person in my life threw a pail of water on this in person that was, I am, trying to get up. There was a pail of water <laughs> with ice. Oh. So my point is, and then you would have said that was abusive, and some people would, but they do that in the army, but we're not going to get into that. The point is, is that you're porous and sensitive, and that makes a great intuitive, but it makes you a sensitive plant in the world. And so you walk around, you pick up other people's feelings, and then your body creates fat, which insulates you, interestingly enough, or it looks like it does. It's like a telephone wire with insulation, but it doesn't work. And then you intuitively feel people's judgment about your weight, which makes it worse. So you avoid people, and that actually makes you worse. 
Does that make sense? Um, I mean, the weight gain was since January, 30 pounds. So I haven't really even adapted to myself as a heavy person. How tall I mean, are you? I feel people judging me for other reasons. But How tall are you? I am probably 5'5". Five five. I've lost two inches from uh, bone loss. You're 5'5", five five and you've lost two inches from bone loss. Yes. Is that in your midsection? Has it made your midsection shorter? I look at your head, I look at your neck, I look at your thyroid. I wonder if women in your family tend to have problems with antibodies against their thyroid. I look at your heart. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. I wonder if you have an increased susceptibility of having hormonally sensitive densities in your right chest wall, densities that can be hormonally sensitive. The what, irony, what did you use? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh. The irony is, is that you have, obviously, if you've lost two inches when you're 56, you have osteoporosis, but you say, yeah, very, wait, wait a minute, I know, very severe. But on the other hand, you say you've gained weight, which is concerning. Because if you gain over time, if you gain too much weight, then you have excess body fat, which increases your chance toward hormonally sensitive problems in your breasts and your um, endometrium. So... What could help your bones, estrogen, could hurt your breasts. Do you understand? You're a perfect example. So if you're having trouble walking because of osteoporosis, you have to work strongly with people who can help you gain bone density because that have to that will not help you gain weight because the more body fat you have though it looks like it's estrogen it could put you in overweight range and that could affect your breasts do you understand what I'm saying Eileen or mm -hmm. Aileen yes what was your mother's health like um, I don't really know no, much about my mother I just know she died uh, suddenly of a brain aneurysm Oh, that's but interesting. No one ever talks about her, so I don't know what her health so is. So that's why she feels cold and distant. And how old were you when she died? I was, I had just turned 10. That's why she was cold and distant. So people who have a brain aneurysm, frequently, there was something different about their brain because that aneurysm is a mass of some kind, and no one knows it's there until it blows. Right. So frequently people are aloof. It's like a little brain tumor, the poor thing. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. The thing is, how much weight would you want to lose? Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know, 10 pounds, 20 pounds. How tall are you? 5'2"? Five, 5'5". Five, five, five. Okay, this is the key. You're talking to someone who is supposed to be 5'8", okay? Mm -hmm. But my spine curved, like osteoporosis, when I was 12. 
So instead of being 5'8", I ended up being 5'4". And then after all the rods, now I'm 5'2". So my midsection is shortened like someone who has severe osteoporosis. Uh-huh. The problem is, is that makes somebody at times look heavier. The real, the real, so how much should you weigh if you're short like that? That's the key. You need to have somebody measure your height by your arm span, not how tall you are. Okay. And then, so my arm span is a 5'8". 100, so that makes me 68 inches tall, not my 5'2". And you're supposed to weigh five pounds for every inch over five feet. Do you understand? Okay. So even though I'm supposed to weigh 115, 110 pounds because I'm 5'2", I'm actually 5'8". So that means I should weigh like 140. So that means I'm 30 pounds underweight. When someone has true scoliosis or like you, kyphosis or whatever, and I, I mean, be... I also have, um, I have scoliosis and spots. Okay, I can tell. That's why you look, your midsection looks smaller and you have a body image issue because there's something different about how you're constructed in your midsection. So you have to figure out your true height by your arm span. Do you get it? Sure. Okay. And then you measure your arms and for every inch you're over five feet, you add five pounds over 100. Have someone find out exactly how much you should weigh. If you are 40 pounds over that, then you should not take estrogen replacement. It increases your risk of breast cancer. Okay, Have someone look, hold on a second. Have someone look at your family history and they can determine if it will help and that will help with your osteoporosis. There's my music. Thank you so much for welcoming to your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.